cyclists think they own the road even in a fucking war. <laughs> Ben, nice evening, isn't it? How you doing? <laughs> trip, That's trip normal. It's a normal there, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a nice evening. Is it? Is it? I th- yeah, I think it is, yeah. It's pretty wet and cold here. Outside. Mm-hmm. Not, How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Not too bad. I've lost my voice, so I'll say that. I'm losing my voice a little bit, so I have to apologise now in advance. It's quite irritating on the ears. But in, in general, normally, or even more so now? <laughs> Your voice. <laughs> it's really bad, okay. How are we, um, who are we talking to We're today? We're talking What's going to on? Christopher Snowden of the, I, uh, what is your title? Lifestyle? Oh, he's there. Oh, he's there. Right oh. there. <laughs> Hello. Uh, it's Head of Lifestyle Economics. That's it, yes. Which we're not really going to be talking about much. Well, <laughs> we're going to frame this as sort of in conversation with, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to start with uh, talking about the end of the pandemic, the end of... Restrictions might touch upon that, and then we'll go from there. How about that? All right, suits me. Okay. Welcome, nice. Chris. Welcome, welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. For some reason, you've been conned by Ben into joining us and on this <laughs> podcast. No, it's oh. uh, it's uh, absolutely. Come on, pleasure. do the podcast down for God's sake. I have li- I have listened to some ep- episodes in the past, not not for a while actually, partly because I'm never on a train anymore. So what are we talking about? Beginning at oh, the, the end, end of, of the pandemic. Beginning, beginning of the end. Is it the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning? This probably will mark the last time, in, hopefully, uh, touch wood, that is the last time we should be. <laughs> we've had many, many uh, episodes where we've talked about various aspects of the pandemic and me declaring the pandemic over or wanting the yeah. pandemic over. So it was a bit reluctant to, we don't want to dwell on it too much. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because you've, you've, um, you've got quite an interesting position uh, as a sort of, on, on Twitter, uh, sort of commentating on it, where you've sort of kind of in the middle between, you know, the, you've sort of been chronicling, chronicling the nutters and having them attacking you for that and they're mm. off both sides, yeah. you know, whether it's the anti-vaxxer and uh, people who are just... Would you say, if you would say, like, you could be say you were a kind of lockdown sceptic if in the traditional sense of scepticism but yeah. not a lock, lockdown sceptic as it's become known but where it's just a yeah. movement of crazy people yes uh, i would say that's right and on the other hand the the zero covid let's stay under the bed for other people i genuinely hate them equally i really do i am banging the center on this um and i find myself attacking both sides you know within five minutes of each other literally sometimes on on twitter um I mean, whether I hate one or the other depends where we are. I mean, I 
the the lockdown skeptic anti-vax type people uh were so irrelevant really by the end of last year um that it was hard to get too agitated by them whereas the people who wanted to put us back in lockdown before christmas were a real and present danger you know so it's a good thing basically yeah there's a lot of morons on twitter i've about had enough of twitter but the great thing about it is that twitter has almost no real impact on anything that actually matters which is uh, actually a very good thing indeed because the takes you get on Twitter, whether it's COVID or with you, the Ukraine, which in a way even worse, uh, and often from the same people, are beneath contempt. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's very easy to um, to get too into what the, what's being said on Twitter, especially as a Twitter addict. It does feel in the last few months as well that it's finally... Because I, 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 you say around May last year and... I think by that time I'd started I'd having a crisis of confidence about trying to, uh, you know, express uh, an opinion too much on what we should or shouldn't do. Uh, it'd been because I'd I'd, I'd 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 been wrong before, mm. uh, and I'd realised that I'd quite often my uh, opinions had become tainted just by hope and just wanting it to end. Yeah. But by creating, I think last time we had. Last time we had uh, we sp- discussed um, the pandemic in any detail was uh, last no- November when I was basically saying it's just bit, it's got to be over soon, we've got to move on soon, and then then <laughs> typically just to prove me wrong, okay, we got to Christmas, and I mean it wasn't we didn't go into a full lockdown, but we had restrictions come in again. But I still had a sense then that it wasn't it wasn't going to be you know it wasn't like oh here we go again. So, and then in the recent since the turn of the year, it really has felt like that real strong relief that that it is sort of over. Um, and I, you say the, you know we haven't the restrictions have, have have loosened heavily since since last May, but it wasn't. There was still a sense that you know with the variants and there's going to be another variant. And and I think that this the uh, we did a lot of hysteria on social media, like you say with people who are pushing for lockdowns and, and who were sort of always anticipating that a new variant could come around the corner and we must keep wearing face masks. I just found myself by the new year just thinking, fuck, fuck face masks on. I just been, it really was just like, I really can't be arsed with it anymore. And it, it, it just, and I've known, it, it was around Christmas, I've known so many people who got ill with it as well, mm. of various ages, and I, I had it, and my whole family had it, and... Uh, elderly people in my family had it, and it didn't just felt less of a threat all of a sudden. Yeah. Now, where where are we now? Uh, and in terms of the in- infection rates, I mean, it's not really we do, being we a, don't, we discussed don't really as much. Know. <laughs> no, I mean yeah. the, the the government stopped. You know, the COVID dashboard. They've stopped updating that on the weekend. They're only publishing the last seven day figures now. Everyone's quite understandably distracted by foreign affairs at the moment, anyway, yeah. and. It's sort of, it's again one of those things where like the smileys are kind of right again because they, they, one of their little slogans for the last two years has been, you know, if they, if they weren't testing anybody, if the, if the news weren't reporting this and you wouldn't know there's a pandemic on. And you're obviously right, Ben, that lots of people do know people who've had COVID over the last two months because of for the Omicron, it's been everywhere and the stats bear that out. But now it's just got to, I mean, the, the rates are definitely going down. There's no two ways about it. But it, still, feels, like, it feels different, doesn't it? It feels, it, feels t- it feels totally different, you know. And if you, 
just yeah, if you weren't on Twitter and you didn't read the news or watch the telly very yeah. much, uh, if all you knew about COVID, you knew from like this time last year that okay, we're in lockdown at the moment, but we're going to come out of lockdown and that's going to be irreversible. And the vaccine, vaccines are good enough to get us back to normality, not just like some form of normality, but actual normality. If you'd have then turned everything off and not paid any attention to any of it, then things would have panned out exactly as you would expect. And you, your mental health would have been a lot better for the last year because it yeah. was very, very, it was very tense. I mean, that week before Christmas, having had Christmas cancelled last year, um, I don't know what it was like with your neck of the woods. I mean, most people had Christmas cancelled. I certainly did. Yeah. Um, it, it was like the idea that it was going to get cancelled again by these bloody people. Um, I found very, very stressful. And it, it was a close-run thing, apparently. It was a really close-run thing. It mm. wasn't until about the 23rd of December when Boris Johnson finally got the say-so from Imperial College who said, he yeah, actually, Omicron is a lot less severe. As anybody mm. who... I mean, this is one of the good things about Twitter. If you've actually been following the right people on Twitter, you'd have known weeks before that that on the yeah. was more severe it was obvious from the data in south africa but anyway, be that as it may um that it was a really close run thing and a lot of countries didn't get away with it and a lot of countries still got really pretty severe restrictions i think in spain they've just got rid of the bad they've just got rid of mandatory masks outdoors in yeah. france they had mandatory masks outdoors uh, until a few weeks ago that's um, that really so the, it's great sorry it did see yeah that started to seem increasingly mad to me and 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 there was a, a strong element over Christmas as well of people who just didn't don't like the government and don't like Boris Johnson. That 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 was a motivator for disagreeing with his, their approach. And the the contrast to yeah the contrast to Europe where they're wearing masks outside. I, I just started to feel like that they were kind, it's of, kind of bizarre. Yeah, isn't it? it was but even now it was absolutely hysterical and. It's the same people, you know, and there are parallels there with this Ukraine situation um, because one of the things that Twitter enables and it actually encourages is people to have this sort of do-something-now mentality about everything. And partly it's just kind of showing off and showing that you're more empathetic than anybody else. But it's also about this kind of idea that the government can actually fix any problem if you just ignore all the trade-offs <laughs> and all the costs associated with it. And so we knew, partly because we'd done it before, but also because it's obvious, that if you have a lockdown, you're going to reduce the number of infections. And that, that will obviously reduce the number of deaths, even in a heavily vaccinated population. And so when you get to July last year, when you had Freedom Day, there was an acceptance, and the government made this clear, that, look, there's more people are going to die from this, unfortunately. There's going to be people who are not vaccinated, and there's going to be people who are just unlucky. But it's not going to be anywhere near enough people for us to change our way of life, right? Um, but if you're one of these kind of hyper people on Twitter, that's the government just letting thousands of people die. And so yeah. for six months, we had this thing of Boris the Butcher, Tory genocide, yeah. because people were being allowed to go back to their normal lives. And the death rates were really very low. And nobody put it in the context of the number of people who just die all the time. And nobody really thinks about it unless they're your personal kind of friend or member of your family. And you get the same thing now with 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 Ukraine, right? Because you've got, again, a whole bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about, never given any this stuff any thought before. And I include myself in that, but I'm not going, sounding off about Ukraine. You know? I'm sounding off about the people sounding off about the Ukraine. And so you had Carol Cadwallader, 
who is like seems to be always at the centre of these things, who who kind of helped form Independent Sage in some way, uh, and she was more or less saying we need to start a nuclear war with Russia. Well, not in so many words, but she was saying the government isn't doing enough. Uh, we're letting all these people die. We need to have a no-fly zone over over the Ukraine. Well, as you know, as all the governments understand, and any kind of military expert understands, putting a no-fly zone over uh, Ukraine will very likely lead to nuclear war, and in turn, quite possibly, you know, the destruction of the civilized world. Right? But you've got <laughs> people who know nothing about it sounding off on Twitter because they see people dying in Ukraine. It's like, well, we could do something about this. Well, even if you believe having a no-fly zone over Ukraine would actually save any lives, even in the short term, like the the long-term costs of it are absolutely enormous. And again, it's a damn good thing that governments don't pay any attention to people standing off on on Twitter. It's just it's just an irrelevance, and you should only use it for banter. You should, certainly shouldn't take it seriously as you know a place to kind of get opinions. Banter-wise, I don't want to touch upon that in a minute about the. Um... Uh, you've you've had a good um, thread capturing some of uh, the worst takes. Do you want to oh, yeah. have a look at <laughs> closer look at some of them in a minute? But, uh, just to round off the um, pandemic uh, discussion, um, the only thing I never looked at the, the only doubt I might have had um, when they were talking about dropping the restrictions is if sympathy for people with underlying conditions who were saying, "Well, this is just for us," means we have to lock ourselves up this is you know it's really bad news for anyone with it and it sort of sympathize and but what exactly can you really you can't really develop policy around what is essentially a minority that sounds really callous putting it like that well, no but it's true yeah, but obviously you can't and we've never have in the past it's not it's not just covid these people are vulnerable to right yes exactly They're clinically yeah, vulnerable yeah. to lots of things and we have never before you know, one face mask or socially distancing uh, and anything. Talking about bad takes and contrast to other countries, did you see, I, I imagine you saw the uh, New York Times piece. New York Times is always good for a uh, uh, bad take on... the uh, bashing Britain, Britain, by any chance, yeah. Oh, did you not see it? So it was, no. um, it was um, somebody wrote an article um, about attending the theatre in, uh, in London and being... Mm. And that, Basically, going to several performances and leaving because they were so horrified by lack of restrictions. Um, was this person clinically vulnerable, or what was the story? No, I don't. I did just, uh, just, just. I think it was just a whole piece about how, uh, I, they they left Romeo and Juliet, and, and I've stayed if I'd been able to stop thinking about the ventilation, wondering what I was breathing and whether it was worth it. I decided it wasn't worth it and fled at the intermission back onto the street and back into the open air. Oh. It's hysterical, isn't it? Uh, I wouldn't go to the theatre at all if I was that worried about catching well, viruses. No, it's it's a... the last place, literally the last place I would go, the cinema or the theatre. The the audience was the audience was hands down the most overwhelmingly barefaced I have seen. I kept looking <laughs> at the performance. Nice. I kept looking at the performers doing their job so gloriously on the stage and wondering how anyone could be so reckless as to gamble with their health. That's not a right that a ticket ought to buy you. The next night, my last in London before I flew back to New York, I didn't go to the theatre. Unthinkably, it lost its appeal. I just think this is of the of the American left it seems to have lost their minds. Even the situation in America is, seems to be Sorry, improving. Sorry, why is that? Why is that? How can you just like extrapolate that to an American left? I feel like because it's very New York quite, Times quite extreme. It is their new. It what, is because their an newspaper. opinion piece in the New York Times mean, reflects opinion of an entire culture. Oh God! <laughs> what? 
about if, the, the, if the New York Times is going to generalise about Britain, we're going to generalise about their readers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this person has obviously got some some like personal problems. <laughs> no, but there's, a, there's a, okay a certain element of the American left that helps you. Uh, Matt, uh, well, well, face masks has definitely become an even bigger cultural thing in America than it has. Yeah, in this country. yeah, it's, it's an yeah. odd thing. I was very glad to get they rid love, of it. Well, it. it's literally symbolic, isn't it? You know, you can't actually tell by looking at somebody whether they had a vaccine, but you're obviously you can tell if they're barefaced or not. Um, everything becomes. This is another awful bloody thing about social media. Everything becomes a so-called cultural war issue. It's so yeah. boring. Yeah, and it's, it's. I mean, this is becoming a bit of a. Of a social media discussion um but it is kind of well that's because that's of, how i live, live live my life it was bad yeah, enough well, before yeah. lockdown i, I mean i live my life through so i mean it's pathetic working from home nearly all the time hardly see anyone go out like at the weekend and then yeah how do you how Twitter. do you find that chris so you you obviously do do and you mentioned a bit about like picking on well not picking on but highlighting and getting frustrated by people on the fringes of either side with the more extreme voices and you obviously do make a bit of a thing out of like making a lists of these kinds of <laughs> yeah. crazy opinions and stuff. And how do you find that? I mean, that that must be... You're on some kind of, like, is it a crusade? No, it's just... It's, <laughs> I mean, I'd say it's kind of admirable like, in a sense. It's just know. cathartic, really. I'm a big believer in keeping the receipts because people talk so much bullshit on Twitter and in life generally, but particularly on Twitter, and they say it with such confidence about things they know nothing about. I'm a big one for, you know, I'll just take the screenshot and not reply. You know what I mean? And then go back every now and again and go, right, who can I get? Ah, yeah, got him, I've got him. You go back. A lot of the times <laughs> their account's been suspended, so it's not even worth it. But on, on the times when they, they're still there and you say, do you remember what you said here, like six months ago, how we're definitely going to be in lockdown at Christmas or whatever? They just go, um, yeah, well, that was lucky or whatever. You know, there's not actually any real satisfaction in holding <laughs> people up in this kind of petty and vindictive way. It's not as satisfying as I... <laughs> As I re- hope it will be, um, something to do, and, and people carry on you. doing it, and so it just keeps <laughs> on going. I don't mind if you know I've, I've had some bad takes. Obviously, who hasn't? And particularly about COVID in 2020, I got everything wrong about COVID. Really, for the same reason Ben did. I just wanted to be optimistic about it and yeah. think that somehow it just disappeared in the summer and wasn't going to come back. But unlike you know the likes of Toby Young, when we had a massive wave in the winter, I accepted that I was wrong and I had to change my mind about it. Um, yeah. But then, you know, these people carry on being completely wrong and and being applauded for it, you know? And particularly, the thing this week that's really got to me, and everyone's experience on Twitter is different, and I suppose I do ask for it by kind of winding people up, but <laughs> I've had so many people today tell me how Russia, like, caused Brexit, and yeah, yeah. it's such a mental thing to believe, and and so stupid. And you just think after a while of blocking these people, eventually you, know, you won't hear this stuff anymore. You know, I've blocked nearly 5,000 people now. Two years ago, I'd blocked less than 1,000. It's mostly, like, smileys and people, but it's also FBP types who I was already blocking. It's who funds the IA people who are actually a really small minority of idiots. Felt like a, a large number before the avalanche of smileys and... And bloody... Oh, um, I should say, we did ask Christian... We did ask Christian uh, Nimitz, your colleague... Who funded the IA and even yeah, refused to say? Did he uh, really? He I thought it was surprising. <laughs> I, I, I think if, yeah, eventually, if people keep asking the question long enough, yeah, just, then yeah. people like me and Christian actually don't 
don't, don't even have <laughs> a list of donors. I thought we'd have an exclusive, but uh, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go for No, when, when that magic moment happens, it'll be because of some random no. anonymous account on Twitter. And sure so, suddenly we'll just go, OK, here's, here's a PDF with all the names and addresses of everybody. To, somebody he's, who's he's, not, to someone who's not even using their real name, you know what I mean? It's a, like demanding transparency from, you know, a non-frog 69. Pretty sure whatever. he's getting money from the German sausage industry and uh, possibly pretentious beer companies. Definitely pretentious beer. There's, there's nothing else can explain <laughs> his, his terrible taste in beer. Oh, he, had a, he did have a he, had, he did have a good sneer at me because I was drinking Stella when uh, he came on. Because <laughs> my explanation to Christian was that I do like a, a good craft beer, and I do have a certain taste in the in a more refined taste of beer. You shouldn't, you shouldn't appease him. No, I know, but I, 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 but you know, Never I also Germans. I also tend to have similar taste to the tramp you might see on a bench drinking from a paper paper pack because. It, due to just being that kind of person, and sometimes he's just drinking to get pissed. <laughs> Something I have to Tramps. manage. Tramps wouldn't drink craft beer if they could afford it. They know that. <laughs> no, <are. laughs> no. Uh, I mean, it, you know, in 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 the in the height of the pandemic, uh, there was a time when I was drinking special brew. <laughs> That's how things degenerated really? in my nice. Yeah, I was thinking, well, it's like it's a couple of beers in one. Can you say that? It is. Well, that's exactly the problem with isn't it? It's funny, yeah, it was it. it was, Do you know who think... really likes um, Special Brew? American sportsman, you'll never guess. Do you know this? No, John McEnroe. John McEnroe <laughs> adores Special Brew. He wrote about it in his autobiography. He talks about when he when he's finished doing the commentary <laughs> for Wimbledon, he's going back to America, he gets a taxi to stop off at an off-licence and loads up with Special <laughs> Brew and takes it back to New York, wherever he lives. And he can't get enough of it. Martin Amis enjoyed it as well, apparently. Uh, Is that uh, right? Uh, and, 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 and Churchill. In... It was made for Churchill, wasn't it, I think? Isn't that the story? That's the, the, the Danish, what is it? It's uh, Carlsberg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I think they either they made it for him or they or he really liked it. I can imagine that was a, a that's good a Google it, listeners, but it's definitely got something to do with Churchill. So, so that's so, a pretty that's a pretty good list of people. Like, yeah, there you go. In terms Although, of reputation, it's gone badly downhill, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> in the last yes. kind of thirty yeah. years. <laughs> Uh, all the way down to me. I mean, I, I I didn't drink it for a few months, and then I thought, oh, I'll try again. And then I, I found it absolutely disgusting, and wondered what the hell I'd been thinking. Yeah, it is horrible. So not too bad if it's cold, but the the homeless rarely have that luxuries. This is going to be a hard episode to to sum it, put into some kind of title. Well, that's it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so. I was looking, going back to wherever the fuck we were about five minutes ago. It, um, I think. Are we still on COVID? Are we finished with that? The, well, no, we've, it's just, it, it's, no, I don't want to get into COVID too much, but it's the, the pandemic and even worse, uh, the, what, I don't want to discuss the war too much. This is one thing I've decided in going forward. Like, you, you've been tweeting bad takes about. Um, Ukraine war. That's one one way. Been myself. I, as I was saying to Matt the other day when I, uh, we met up, one thing I decided was not to try and opine too much, offer any of my perspective on the Ukraine war because it's totally worthless. So I just try yeah. and be careful about what I retweet, but then just retweet people who are informed, um, and try not to slip up by accidentally retweeting something that's not 
not fake not news. Real. Yeah. yeah, which is which is increasingly. There's difficult. a lot of hell there, isn't there? Um, like, uh, 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 I think that uh, apparently they because it was a. Did you see the um, thing about? Uh, it was a text, uh, allegedly a text message from a Ukrainian soldier to his mother. Uh, no, I didn't that see was, that one. I saw one about the Russian soldier to his mother. Uh, sorry, that's what I meant. Russian soldier to his mother. That was read. That was read out. That was read out by the. the, the yeah. By the, um, yeah. Well, now yeah. I, and I, I don't know what is true and what is not, but then there's been some speculation <clears throat> that that was actually fake, um, because there was people on one of the, you know, the four chan. All a chan bloody yeah, weirdo yeah, says. Yeah. Someone, someone claimed credit for having faked it. Now I don't know if that is true or not. It, would, it probably so is. There's a lot of stuff that's fake. I mean, there's the, the famous story early on about the people. Were they on an island or something? And the, the boat comes in, says surrender. Yes, they said, Fuck yeah. you. And they blew, blew them to pieces. That's apparently not true. They're still alive. Yeah, they surrendered. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, actually, just... it's one of those rare examples where I kind of catch up by, you know, reading the BBC website and stuff, you know. It's quite interesting to see there's, like, war reporters out there and people who do give you the stuff sometimes quite a bit earlier than the main news. But if you want to know what's actually kosher, um, then I think, generally speaking, a the MSM is is the way to go with yeah, these fast, so I, fast-changing military events. It's so hard, and I'm, I've, I have to admit, I've fall foul of this sometimes it's so hard not to be impulsive because all you have to do is click retweet and i've tried i've tried my best to be careful with it but yeah there was that and and it's always like when you get a, a good story like yeah they said fuck you and I was like, oh, that's great retweet and then yeah. you finding out that that, that, that that's what it doesn't you know it does, obviously doesn't do any good to retweet or tweet anything it makes no difference whatsoever you're howling into the void you know we yeah. don't know anything about it i i mean part of the reason I don't know if this is probably subconscious, but maybe part of the reason I did that bad takes thread, which I should explain to the listeners, is it's just a list of people trying to crowbar in their little obsessions that have been going on about for years into the Ukraine context. Um, yeah. Scottish nationalists are, have come up with some absolute classics. You can imagine mm. what, what, what they're saying, saying, you know, oh, the situation in Ukraine, very similar to the situation here in Edinburgh. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, I, but having now done that, I need to be very careful what I tweet because that's gone very viral, that particular Twitter thread. And if I start trying to, you know, crowbar in my obsessions and go like, you know, well, yeah, Ukrainians being oppressed very much like smokers in Britain, you know, then <laughs> I know I know that I'm going to get hold up on it. So I'm keeping out of it. I've got nothing to add. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, but it's um, good. It's good. good I've, I've, I've highlighted a few. Yeah, and you've you've managed to do a good two both sides of sort of thing, whether it's a people pro this or anti that. So it's not. It doesn't seem to be. Biased, but there is some absolute bangers in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, people uh, yes. have been nominating. I mean, it's not all my work, I have to say. I'm not no, no, on no, Twitter so, enough yeah, to do it all myself. People say, "Have you seen this one?" You've gone, just That's amazing. Done, done a bit of the work, <laughs> and and this thing you can fall into so easily if you're determined to tweet your your about the war. And there's some favourites here. I love this one where there's a there's a photo of um, I think it's uh, some kind of. Uh, military vehicle, Russian military vehicle going down the street and there's a cyclist and <laughs> it says in, in Kiev a guy just kept up his normal routine and went for a bike ride surrounded by tanks and then someone's tweeted cyclists 
think they own the road even in a fucking war. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put that one in because I mean, it was... That's, that's funny. That it is funny. I put it in because it was funny, really. I mean, the guy wasn't... You know, I wasn't implying this guy's obsessed with cyclists. But, I mean, cyclists on Twitter, the pro-cycling lobby, they're oh, some yeah, of the most tedious aggressive. people, aren't they? Um, mm. And they, nev- they always find an excuse to go on about bloody cycling. And I think there's another one higher up in the thread, which, um, which is about how... <laughs> I can't remember what his excuse was for bringing Ukraine into it, but it was some anti-road building thing, basically, so that cyclists could have more space. Uh, I don't know, like, the Ukraine war is going to disrupt cement supplies. This is good because we'll have less... I don't know, I can't remember what it was. It was was a mad thing. And clearly just an obsessive crowbarring and... The, or relating the, it, know, relating it. There's been some people relating it to the pandemic. I love the social. Distancing. Oh, lots of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, lots yeah. of people in Ukraine crowding <laughs> together inside, but only thirty-five percent of Ukrainians have been vaccinated. I mean, they're crowding <laughs> inside to avoid Shit. bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been some good one about good ones about the lack of lack of face mask wearing. Uh, I mean, that, because I think I'm right in saying that the, the invasion started the day that all COVID restrictions ended in Britain. It's like this mm. horrendous sort of back-to-back, you know, the nightmare is never going to end kind of element to this. And all the people who are only famous on Twitter, only have followers on Twitter because of COVID, suddenly became totally redundant. And it's been yeah. interesting to see how quickly some of them... I mentioned Cadwallader already. I mean, she's a prime example. But there are others have immediately um, kind of pivoted to talking nonsense yeah. about NATO, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of left, left on the left, but also basically all everyone on GB News to become... Pro, pro Putin, anti NATO, and it's just yeah, give it a rest. It's gone along party lines again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's remarkable. Just anyone trying to to be of relevance uh, or contrarian in some way to get attention. Yeah, uh, and how do you how can you be contrarian about this? Do you know what I mean? Is so you you have to go? It's kind of like being contrarian about COVID. Now you have to. The only contrarian position really is the vaccines kill people, right? Because there's no point saying I'm against lockdowns because there aren't going to be any more lockdowns. You know. Um, and with with Ukraine, the only contrarian point you can take is like Carola go like let's have a nuclear war, or I'm on Putin's side, which mm. some people on the right are kind of taking this pro Putin position. Or I think Dellingpole's position now, and he's gone completely hat stand, yeah. unfortunately over the course of the pandemic, is that I don't know if he thinks there is no war at all, or some kind of false flag, but I mean he certainly thinks that it's been. Hugely exaggerated as a problem. Yeah, unlike vaccines. Someone who, who uh, is a former uh, subscriber to Spectator was always a controversial, sometimes uh, in, uh, interesting writer. Used to be, and I've never really agreed with him much. But a good podcast as well. He used to have. Yeah, and now yeah, completely mental. I've got a tweet of his. I stand with Ukraine. Is the new I trust the safe and effective jab. What? Yes, yeah, that's in the thread, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the other, there's nah. another one there as well. Read that one out about how all the Ukrainian soldiers are probably going to get myocarditis, whatever it's called, because they've had the job. Yeah, it's a, uh, and and somebody said to him, "Do you think it's above the government to have a, a false flag nuclear war to cover up the fact that the vaccine is is you know?" Yes, know, that sounds ten, perfect. Ten is it all into like radioactive men or something? 
Um, yeah, you can see yeah. how that works in the conspiracy theorist's mind. That's nicely derangement done. syndrome, isn't it? It's COVID and derangement syndrome, Ukraine war derangement syndrome, and, and Brexit and derangement, derangement syndrome. syndrome. And it all, all happened just... one after another, didn't it? You know, we had Brexit and five years of tedious nonsense about that. And then pretty much as soon as we left, we, we get COVID going to lockdown. As soon as we end the restrictions, we have a potential nuclear war. I mean, what next? What more can the 2020s know, throw at us? Because I mean, it was really you know I I went I was uh, driving home from from work on Tuesday. Um, it's not something I do very often. I don't go into the office very much. But um, got into the car, um, not in a great mood. To be honest, won't go into why. Turned the radio on. I thought you know I'll I'll, I'll do something I don't very I haven't done for a long time. I listened to uh, the radio. Uh, I think uh, Radio Four um, is it. Today's show when you drive it off or, or PM. Uh, PM, I think it's called. PM. Good idea. PM. Good idea. Yeah. And literally, mm. the discussion, was a, discussion was about potential nuclear war or the potential for tactical nuclear strikes. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? This will cheer me up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is well, the uh, I mean, you can't blame. I'm all in favour of, you know, having a go at Radio 4, but I mean, that is the news, isn't it? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm absolutely not having a go at Radio 4. I was just having a go at just the general madness. And I just thought, well, I need to. I want to be more informed. I'm trying to get back into, you know, listening to. I had a couple of years of trying to uh, uh, not really consuming political media as much as you want to get on Five Live. Five Live is much better. It's a working man's radio for already. There's a dickhead now on in the afternoon, but once Tony Livesey comes on at four o'clock, it's all right. I'll just round that bit up by because the (laughs) the best. Can you summarise that for us? (laughs) <laughs> the, the best tweet of the bad takes was was this one because it's the most trivial. If fuel and grain prices get prices set because of the Ukraine war, it will be a good time to go green and start a low carb, gluten free diet. <laughs> well, that, that, I must admit that one I actually searched for because I knew there would be somebody saying it. Because the low carb people are very much like the cyclists; they're often one and the same. In fact, but the low carb people have this, yeah lifestyle thing that no one else is really interested in but they won't shut up about it so i searched ukraine and low carbon and there it was i think i came across that before it was in your thread but that's just one of those things that's one of the it's it's tweets like that is why i sometimes retweet parody accounts that someone has to point out it was a parody because it's beyond parody already indeed there's it's what what a wonderful world it is of interesting characters yeah good okay All this shit. Um, oh shit. Oh, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> I, mean, I really continue to be shocked how we've never had, uh, you know, a whole episode accidentally not recorded or something like that. It's astonishing, really. You said that before. Stop. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> So that's the there's the other shit theme, and then we're gonna start 
talking. Yeah. So it is funny that because because he does mention it all the time. It's like the reverse. Uh, it's like the reverse Macbeth. It's like it's the actors. Yeah. Scots, lucky reverse lucky Scottish job. play. It's like no, you do you do yes. say Macbeth. Um, and yeah, yeah, one day you won't yeah. say it, and you won't record. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought I might say it. I w- sorry, sorry. I know this isn't really other shit. It's more of a continuation of um, what we were talking about. Okay. But the, the, I do think there's like a weird thing. I don't know what, you, what. What do you both think about this? So it seems like there's like a big competition about generally in discourse, like especially with obviously people with extreme views on either side, of like basically who is right, like who sees it, who sees the world in the clearest possible way, who knows the truth. And it seems to be it's all like a big fight, basically, to like figure out who actually can see exactly what is happening in front of our eyes. And we all have a big arguments with each other saying, no, that thing that's happening over there isn't quite what you see it is, it's what I say it is. And what do you think about that? I think it's more about who cares most. Certainly on social media, it's... Yeah, obviously people think they're right and they're desperate to prove that they are right. And that's okay. I mean, that's kind of what arguments are about. But it's this... uh, I hate to use the phrase virtue signaling, but it's, you know, that that expressive thing about I care about this more than you do. Um, We've already mentioned the COVID thing. It's like one death is too, too many. We've mentioned, you know people wanting to start a nuclear war in Russia because they care about human life so much. Mm. Um, but you get it all the time, and, and it's just it's like, because everything's so short-term and no one really does keep the receipts and no one really remembers the last cancelling or the last scandal on Twitter, it's like nearly every day there's some, you know, some massive brouhaha and somebody's a hate figure, but it's completely forgotten about. And if you ask somebody three days later, they wouldn't be able to tell you what it, what it, what it was all about. It's, so it's so transient, and so people can get away with saying really quite stupid things from a position of ignorance because it, it shows that they care more than anyone else. And so naturally this leads to very, very short-term, ill-thought-out solutions. And you see this. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say this is a left or right thing because there were conservative MPs calling for this no-fly zone a few days ago. But I think it is a characteristic of the left to focus too much on the short term. You know, there's a lack of delayed gratification there, and that leads to things like constantly building up debt because there's always something. It seems like it's worth borrowing a bit of money for. You know, if you can find any suffering in the country or even the world, then aren't you heartless if you don't just print a bit more money to try and deal with it? And the fact that you're creating huge problems for yourself further downstream, you know, doesn't seem to get thoughts about very much. And it doesn't get remembered later either, right? And so it's less than a year ago people were saying there's never going to be high inflation. The days of inflation are over. And there was a really quite small handful of people, like me, saying if you print this much money, it just defies the law of economics if you're not going to have quite a bit of inflation somewhere down the line in some part of the economy, even if it's just more asset price inflation. But that was the the mainstream orthodox view of nearly everyone, that 
no, no, we, we can, we're fine. And Rishi Sunak's a legend because he's printing all this money and, and giving, giving away free. What, what can possibly be the downside? So there's this short-termism. So very clearly with like this urge for lockdowns, as I say, you know, I, 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 got, I got that we needed lockdowns at time, but this urge to lock down constantly to never reopen the schools, to never really come out of lockdown, to never stop wearing face masks. It was all, I think... Incentivized partly, as, as someone's already said, because they just hate the government, and so it's any stick they can find to beat Boris Johnson away, and they haven't forgiven him for Bre- Brexit and the rest of it. Um, but it's largely to show that they're just more compassionate than everybody else. Mm. Interesting. I don't really have anything to add to that. Good. <laughs> All right, so um, how about some other shit then? Okay, so what, are you going to cut that bit into the original discussion? Well, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, I, just thought, I just thought I'd say it. Um, what other shit have you got? One thing I wanted to ask Chris about. So, um, now, I, I'm a football fan, and I and uh, I obviously like to make sure I watch uh, Man United matches, but I also have a fairly busy life, and I have two young children 1418 so my time is very squeezed so mm. what i found is for, for one thing i don't watch as much football as I used to i can follow united but uh, i don't watch as much of the you know other teams as i'd like to that's i can get away with saying like it's man united the team i support therefore i have to be able to go and watch them but i, I can't just mm. watch whatever's on on a sunday or saturday as often as i'd like and similarly, I, no, I, had to drop my, I had to drop, I used to watch Formula One, I had to drop that because I can't really afford to just watch four hours of droning vehicles driving around circles. And um, so I'm starting to look to the future when they get a bit older and when I can have do the proper dad thing of just being able to watch long, boring sports. And like. like your passion Yes, exactly. We should should point out over Chris's shoulder what can we see? Picture of Ronnie Sullivan. My friend, Ronnie Sullivan. Portrait. Well, I've met him in an interview. Yes, uh, I I often see you gushing with with admiration on on Twitter. So you have met him and interviewed him. Oh, did you have him on his podcast, didn't you? Yes, you did, yes. Yeah, I did. It was amazing. I asked him and he said yes. Last that's great. That, I mean, that's cool that he did that actually because uh, he's a very cool guy. He's a very nice man. And I, 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 this is something a few years. Do I need to, to, to talk you into watching? Well, Snoopers I just wanted to, 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 to some persuasion. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago. I mean, it's actually going back quite a long way. I, I don't even know when. Um, me and Matt and uh, one of our other friends were in a, a bar, and I think we were watching a watching a bit of Snook, and I was kind of just like, why? <laughs> But now I kind of think, you know, as I got a bit older, I just think that is very relaxing, cool thing to watch. And I, I might, you know, I might get something maybe I could get into. What? Why should I? You should get into what, it. What? Yeah. Well, it's very, it's very engrossing. Um, most people, I think, if once oh, maybe that's exaggeration. So most people, a lot of people, including some people you wouldn't expect to like sports in general. Um, and snooker specifically, do find once they sit down, start watching a few frames, they get drawn into it. Um, which you get a lot of old ladies watching snooker, <laughs> yeah. um, for example. Um, and it's not all... I mean, it's kind of relaxing in a sense, but it, it can be quite tense, especially if you've got a bit of money on it or if uh, Ronnie's struggling. So it, it's, it can be very exciting, and no two frames of snooker are alike. Uh, the commentary 
particularly on Eurosport, is lovely. The family of snooker, they're very keen for you know to 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 draw you in and embrace you because it's it's obviously had better days mm. snooker. Um, you know the 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 black ball final of 1985 between Dennis Taylor and Steve Davis had the biggest viewership after midnight ever. So I can't remember what it was. It was like an insane number of people for a Monday night. Like 12 million people watching after midnight. Um, and it's never going to get back to, to that level again. But what it lacks in sort of characters, it makes up for in sort of technical excellence. Um, it does help if you have the odd game of snooker, just to, or even one game of snooker, just so you realise how incredibly difficult it is because they make it look so incredibly easy. But no, it's a, it's a I think, pretty exciting game. Well, um, I say that about how difficult it is. it's all free on Eurosport. Um, it's not very often that anyone really, I, well, I think, I don't know if I'm just talking bollocks here, but, you know, obviously, you know, people, people who are not really into snooker or whatever, people who play, go to the pub, you know, play a game of pool or whatever. But my, my, my uh, sister and um, uh, her husband, uh, brother-in-law, um, have a full-size snooker table. And when you when you see oh, no. a full size snooker table, it's it is really it's quite something because it is apps yeah ginormous. And you know anyone Huge. anyone who thinks yeah. uh, you know pool snooker they're the same. When you come across an actual snooker table, like bloody hell, like, it's bloody it's giant. Yeah, it's it's three or four times the size really, and and narrower pockets. It's a hard game, and in a way, it's too hard, and that's why we haven't got very many young snooker players because kids these days they haven't really got the patience. Which is why the Chinese are going to eventually take over. They're, they're already well on the way because well, there's a lot of people in China for a start, and they're snooker crazy. Are they really? And uh, they just play all the time. Oh, they're absolutely obsessed with snooker. When when um, a Chinese player is playing. The viewership of snooker sort of goes up a hundredfold. I mean, literally, it'll go from being a couple of million people to being, you know, a quarter of a billion people watching in the middle of the night in China. Um, it's it's massive over there, but it is a hard game. I play it myself. I've been playing for years. I'm still absolutely <laughs> hopeless, and it, that can be quite frustrating. So people try it out and then they they give up. Do you, um, is there any good snooker do computer games easier, you like play play play? Because you know, I love to play football, but <laughs> I'm hopeless at that. So therefore. You can do it. I did have one on my iPad for a while. I mean, it's not really that satisfying, but it's easier. There's not a lot to a snooker computer game to like to to work out for a games developer. I don't think. I think that they've fairly they've mastered how it's all physics. Well, it's physics. fairly straightforward. But I mean, yeah, yeah it's a lot of to make it realistic. You've got to get it very very accurate with the you know the the screw back and the side yeah. and things like this. I think uh, so. So yeah, I mean snooker. If yeah, if people don't watch it, obviously the entry point is the transcendent character, which is Ronnie O'Sullivan. Um, yeah, and I think that's um, obviously Snooker used to have more of these types of characters, didn't it? And, um, yeah, and there, there's a really good, really good documentary. I can't remember what it's called now. Heroes of Snooker or something? Legends of Snooker? Yes, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. BBC Produ- produced by um, Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux, yeah, um, which is a good one. He's involved in it. A, there's a few celebrity Snooker fans out there. It's it's kind of having a little bit of resurgence. If you get a chance to see it, um, always worth it. Very cheap tickets compared to most kind of elite sports, and you're very close to the action. Uh, Sheffield is amazing. You know, fancy seeing World Championship. Amazing theatre, the, the Crucible. I mean, it's just... I only went there for the first time last year, but people always say this about venues they've seen on TV, but it is so small compared to what you think it's going to be like. It's, it feels incredibly, incredibly I just, tiny. I think I would, I, the thing I always think when I watch a snooker or think about being a snooker audience is just the anxiety. 
is um is like needing to go for a piss or needing to like cough yeah or um just needing just like worried about i don't know dying or something and like well anxiety about coughing is to me worrying about coughing was particularly acute at last year's world championship because we were still basically under lockdown it was like the the first event really that was allowed to happen and you had to have pcr tests and face masks and all this kind of stuff and i'd have to say i didn't notice any coughing um which suggests that the lockdown had done a good job of getting rid of various viruses, I suppose. Um, needing to go to the toilet is a, is a concern if you're watching somebody like Mark Selby, who could easily let a frame run on for over an hour. Or if you get a re-rack, you know, re-rack, if you like, they just go in nowhere for 20, 30 mm. minutes and decide, right, we'll start again. You can't go out while they're re-racking the balls. So, yeah, the longest game of snooker is about two hours, 15, something like that. Very late at night, oh. so you can imagine there were a few people crossing their legs on that one. Oh my God. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> so one last, uh, well, one last thing, right? And uh, again, I'm using it. This is testament to how ill prepared as ever I was going into this podcast. I'm using your Twitter content again, but I did think this was interesting. You tweeted. Uh, the UK's, I thought this was very funny, the UK's most Googled uh, legal questions. Mm. So uh, this may be not despair, but laugh at my fellow countrymen a little bit. I thought it was interesting that the number one, the UK's most Googled legal questions, number one, are pitbulls illegal in the UK? Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's hard to believe, isn't it? It's hard to believe. I'm not sure that list is full. Where did you Where did you get that list from? That's that's my first. Question. Well, I I these days I get a lot of press releases from people. Just in the last few months, I'm getting a huge number of press releases. Always followed a couple of days later by Hi Chris, just checking you've seen this press release, and um, and I delete them all. And I saw that one though, and I thought actually that is relatively interesting. So I took a screenshot, put it on Twitter, and other people found it relatively. Interesting too. There's a lot about flip flops. Yeah, that's that's why I thought it was right. Flip flops. Flip flops. about PR. <laughs> now you get a lot of journalists and think tankers uh, uh, talking about PRs. I only get like three of really obscure ones. Well, you don't. Uh, that's good. You don't want to get them. Really uh, one annoying. of them is actually um, some kind of a, a body that observes the events in Ukraine, which has become much more relevant recently. Um, but the other, oh, the, there's idea. just very obscure ones. But yeah, there was a lot. There's usually companies trying to again, it's crowbarring the current affairs into whatever they're selling. You know, so I had one the other day, which is from some company that make non-alcoholic spirits. So something non-alcoholic about, spirits. Know, what? Not yeah, no. Like you get non-alcoholic gin. My wife's had it. It does actually taste a lot like gin, but it's a very similar price to normal gin, mm. which means they must be making a fortune. Gin tastes like shit, half the though, price of a bottle of yeah. gin is. Well, on its own, but not with tonic. It's all right, tonic. I would. But I would again, say. I drink it. But anyhow, they were saying <laughs> they, they were saying something along the lines of I don't like you gin or tonic, but I drink it. <laughs> well, people alcoholic. must have in the olden days. You know, you know, they had the gin panic and the gin craze and the gin palaces, right? About two hundred years ago, eighteen twenties, it really kicked off with a gin because they cut the tax on it. But they didn't have. I don't think they had tonic back then, and they definitely didn't have ice, right? So these people in the gym palaces, were they just drinking meat uh, gin? That's just gin. gin. I assume they uh. must have been. But they loved it. They couldn't get another. It's big now, isn't it, gin? They must have been fucked. They'd be proper Gin's fucked. Gin's come back with a vengeance, so it's very Yeah, well, that was, that was the issue. Bars yeah. And all the different types of gin. Yeah, yes, yes. It's different types of tonic. Yeah, ten years ago, yeah. 
it's about the easiest spirit you can make, really. And so people do. And so, like, you have this local people making, making their own gin. It's a bit like crap. The last really, thing I need is to make my gin. own moonshine. And uh, <laughs> in, the, in the, yeah, in the bathtub. Um, so yes, it's, it's, there's been a bit of a craze of it. I think maybe it's dying down now. I don't know what's next. I keep being told it's going to be tequila. Uh, next. No. I thought it was going to be it's rum or true. rum. Well, to, hey, I had to, rum I had didn't buy a very nice bottle well, like of tequila of recently because mm. I did some, reading, I I did some reading about tequila and I bought a very nice bottle of what was meant to be a nice bottle of tequila. And uh, yeah. it, it was very nice, just with, just with ice and drinking it as a, yeah. Uh, but then me and my brother drank it in one night and it, it didn't feel very good next day, but... It's horrible. It was very nice, very, very nice. One nice. Vile yeah, taste. Yeah, it's not, very good, yeah. very good. But you've questioned the legitimacy of this uh, most Googled legal questions now, which has ruined, ruined the whole bit. Well, well only because I think, I think that a lot of the legal questions probably were not fit to print. Ah, but, I mean, I, I did I love mean, the fact, the legal yeah, is it illegal to drive barefoot? <laughs> Who is searching that? Yeah, is it illegal to drive barefoot? Like is it illegal to drive with no flip-flops? Is it illegal to drive in flip-flops? <laughs> Yeah, very common questions about whether they can take your shoes off. Is it illegal to drive in flip-flops? Whereas I think there's going to be a... Is it illegal to... Yeah, and another one about flip-flops as well. Uh... (laughs) Women. Apparently it's not illegal, that's correct. Yes, you did follow that up with the actual responses, didn't you? With the answers, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, there must be more common legal questions than that. I mean, people asking if they can legally do some really terrible things. Drugs and stuff. Um, uh, can I try out my uh, stand-up uh, comedy routine on you? Uh, oh God! Yes, please. Okay. <coughs> um, so the, the um, so you know in pubs, you know when you go to the they go to the toilet. I've noticed when you go to pubs. Mm. Yeah, you have ever, have ever noticed when you go to the toilet in the pub, and they have the they have like yeah. hand wash, but in the nice pubs they also have hand cream. Who yep. uses the hand cream? You've, haven't you already tried this on me? Psychopaths. Who use the hand cream? Nobody uses the hand cream, do they? You use a hand wash. You want to clean your hands. You don't, mm, do you ever the use hand you, the hand cream? Kind of dissipates in your hands as soon as you put it there. Who uses the hand cream? I'm well, a, I've never used it. Exactly. And I've rarely been in, in toilets which offer it. To be fair, um, so I mean, they don't do it in snooker clubs. I don't think. They certainly do. You don't frequent really snooker, snooker, snooker clubs? I, I, I only know of snooker, snooker clubs. Sounds nice. He said before they don't do it. They, they said something about they don't do it down my club. So and, and I just thought uh, you mean it's snooker, a snooker club? club not I was actually. Snooker. I assume he doesn't mean nightclub. I was actually talking about a different club. Oh, yeah, no, what kind of club? Gentleman's club. Um, a gentleman. No, a it's man's like club. homosexual. It's <laughs> it's a members club, but it's sort of a family friendly. Bad pub, really, that has a football. Ah. Interesting. Um, you don't know so a snooker club? Snooker club. I go to a snooker club as well. Oh, like I, I spend my life basically in one of two clubs. A snooker club sounds oh, kind of... I paid my subscription, I'm going to get my get snooker my. Snooker club sounds That's like good. a seedy sort of place they'd go where like, people like... They are. Yeah. They, they, they are. are. They should be. pleasantly anyway. seedy. Well, I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to think yeah. it's seediness. Dark, seedy, lovely. Can't beat it. Uh, Chris, have you got anything to sell? No. 
Well, I've written some books. If you want to buy my books, go on Amazon. Yeah, but, there's some um, good books. Are they, I, are they any good? Are they any yes, good they are. Not? Yeah, yeah they're all I, stonking. I, all stonking, good. Of course, read them. Sorry, I have to invited you on. I actually have bought uh, uh, Chris's books. And read. Yes, I have oh, yeah. actually, dickhead. Um, this is a while ago. Uh, Why didn't you ask him questions about the fucking book? Because it was really <laughs> str- struggling for subjects. Because it's a bit weird to ask someone about a book that he released a long time ago. You know, it was a long time ago. He's written. He's written books. That's, that's fucking admirable. Yeah, but right then, then it's a bit it? weird to start promoting a book that was. You, 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 I got your book of. Um, you put together all your book of uh, polemics. Um, oh yeah, polemics. Yeah, I should promote that. That was relatively recent. I, I compiled that during lockdown. It's a, a load of articles I've written for various people about all my all my uh, obsessions. Yeah, so you so you can get that. It's very cheap as an ebook. It's like two ninety nine. I couldn't make it quite as cheap as a paperback, but some people asked for it. So yeah, uh, it was a decent, a good idea. And it's got a particularly cheesy cheesy seventies cover, which I designed myself in about ten seconds using the uh, the Amazon uh, I don't know cover designer, whatever they call it. I like it. It looks like a School textbook. Yeah. A cool school textbook. Or what would it have been called in about 1979? It's a compilation of your of your, uh, of your uh, articles, isn't it? Um, My hot, hot takes. It's one hot take after another. Yeah. Pole- All killer, no filler. Because of student polemics. I remember <laughs> thinking it was a good idea. I think I might do that one day. And then my writing career has kind of died since then. So it's not really happened. Um, uh, uh, and I also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy it. I'm buying it. I'm gonna go buy it. I think all listeners should buy it. Yes, they should. Um, yeah. I also did read. I mean, this is going back a while. I did, uh, I did uh, read Killjoys uh, as well. Ah. Uh, but well, I don't get any money for that one, so I don't. Mind. You can download that one for free from the IA website. Yeah, but it is a good book. Thank you, Ben. It is a good book. It's the the, the a critique, critique of, of paternalism. paternalism. Yes. Why the nanny state is evil. Yeah, and... Um, like, I use that word deliberately. It is evil. And obviously we can keep up with you on your blog. Uh... Velvet Chris, I've got, Chris, I've got to agree on sure. your... your, your Matt, um, Matt, we co- haven't, we're co- just trying to promote it. It's the cover of the de- de- it, design It's outstanding, of his, isn't it? <laughs> the, co- the cover of his design of his cover of his book. Yeah, it's, it looks yeah, nice. It's, yeah, it's I like good, yeah. It's yeah. nice. So I just... Sorry, sorry. Velvet Glove, <laughs> I am fist, Chris Snowden's blog. That's a good. It's a good blog to follow to keep up with all the nanny state isms. Uh, nice suit news, hot off the yeah. press, updated most days. Vaping the anti-vaping lobby and whatnot. Something Ooh. we didn't touch upon today. <sighs> yeah, something that very irritating. I know you've no time vaping. for them. Normally, I'm vaping furiously, yeah. but I've uh, I've given. Can you vape in your pub? Um, not I, not why vape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've given, but there's no, no. I've given that up now. Blanket prohibition against. I've it. given up now. Um, so yes, so you can you can you can follow the blog there, and I would also follow you on Twitter at uh, CJ Snowden. A good follow on Twitter, I would I would recommend to anybody, left or right wing. Hit fifty thousand followers this weekend. Very nice. Thanks to that well, thread. Um, Mine's gonna be nice, stagnant because nice I don't benchmark. There's too much going on in the world that I don't really have a lot to say about. I was, like, I was just trying to relaunch my sort of lighting career and then a war kicks off and I'm like, fucking hell. Again, who's the real victim here? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All Thank right, you. Then, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Great speaking to you. Take care. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Chris.